reading from the epistle to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 7 to 10, 6 to 10, and 17 to 19. Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Reading from 17 on. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves in good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Please be seated. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We read two portions from that chapter 6. And I want to start with the latter part. Because I think almost all of us, if not most of us, fall into that category. I look at myself and I feel that I fall in that latter category, so I would want to start with the latter part. Praise the Lord. The good news is we all are rich. Amen? How many of you guys can acknowledge that? I don't know about you, but I am. Praise the Lord. I feel rich. I just came from, back from the mission field. Going through the mission field, I realized how much we are blessed. Praise God. Quite often when we live in an affluent country and when we see what's going on around us, we tend as human beings to concentrate on things that we don't have, rather on things that we have. Praise the Lord. So when we say that we are among the rich, at times it is very hard for us to digest it. So I want to read out something for you which would attest to the fact that we fall among the rich in the world. The median worldwide income is $2,800 per year according to giving what we can. That means half the household in America makes more than 25 times the median worldwide income. Are you rich? 25 times the worldwide income. Talk about being rich. But the American household family makes average $70,000. 
Well, we know when you take into consideration the cost of living here, it might not seem much, but we, when we take a global view of where we are, believe me, there will be millions who would love to be in your shoes, even if you think that you are the poorest under this roof. No wonder you know why people are pushing through our southern borders, all right? Okay. It doesn't take much wealth to get into the top 50% globally of all adults. In fact, 53.2% of the world's adults own less than $10,000 in wealth. Well, I'm going to leave that right there. So, it is a fact that compared to the people who live worldwide, globally, you and me, we fall among the richest. So, I am going to present the latter part of our text. Because when Paul writing to Timothy, imagine how many people were rich. And when you compare then and now them and us, where are we? We are among the richest. Praise the Lord. So we want to address ourselves first. Look what Paul is saying. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be proud or haughty. Praise God. What does that mean? It means don't allow the riches to get to our, praise God. We ought to remain humble before God. When God exalts us in any realms, physical, spiritual, material, financial, relational, no matter what kind of blessing, in what realms you're experiencing, we want to be humble before God. Praise God. Because wealth, goodies, gizmos, gadgets can all pump unknowingly pride into any one of us. Praise God. And God's command to all of us is that we ought to be very careful that we remain humble before him. The more that we experience, the more humble we ought to get. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can we say an amen to it? Amen. amen. Praise God. Look, when riches hit our head, we can become very proud. And when we become proud, it affects every arena of our life. It affects our speech. It affects our code of conduct. It affects our behavior. It affects how we carry ourselves. It affects what we think about ourselves. Let me give you an extreme example that I heard firsthand as we were ministering in Uganda. 
As we are ministering in Uganda, during the course of the ministry, we had an encounter with a sister who shared her life story. She was very bitter, very bitter. And she was fighting off she could not forgive someone. So during the course of ministry, we got into this conversation. And the sister shared why she could not forgive a group of people. Not just one person that did bad to her, but she could not forgive a whole race of people. She could not. So in the conversation, she said that she used to work for a very affluent man there. And working as a domestic servant in that home, the master's wife at one point for no reason simply spat at her face. And this woman even as she's saying, she's shaking with the rage. And she said, Pastor, it's not only her that I can't stand, I can't stand the whole race of people. Praise God. It was, it was such a shock to me. And I asked her what was the reason and there was actually no reason other than the fact that the person felt so powerful. And I said, are you sure? that?" And, and, and then she said that she's not the only one. She just treats people like that, just looking down at people. Now, adding insult to the injury is a fact. When you know that the person is a, is a, that's what really hurts. Praise God. So what are we saying? The more God exalts us in any realms, in any realms, I want to come out of that term rich, not only financially, rich in any realms of our lives. As much as God exalts us, we ought to become more humble. Praise God. Power, position, possessions, all these things can get to our head. And as much as God bestows his blessings upon us, we ought to become more humble before him. Look what Paul is saying. Tell them not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. What does that mean? That means knowingly, unknowingly, there's a shift that takes place. Shift in our trust in our confidence, in our reliance on God to anything that we think that we owe. Praise God. Shift automatically. Praise God. Imagine, if you are facing a problem in your life, what comes to your mind first as a solution? Is it God or your ability? Is it God or your wealth? Is it God or your influence? Is it God or your power? Is it God or your position? Is it God 
or your skills? Is it God or your know-how? Nine out of ten times, God is a last resort. We tend to rely on our own abilities or our own wealth, our own finance, our influence, our power, our clout, whatever we think we have, the Bible teaches that they are uncertain. We live in uncertain times in an uncertain world and the only thing that is solid and steadfast and certain is Jesus. And we ought to recheck ourselves over and over and over again and ask ourselves, is our trust really in God? Praise God. Praise God. The shift happens so subtle that unless we are constantly taking an inventory of our lives, we don't realize that the shift has taken place. Praise God. Paul is telling Timothy, listen, Timothy, remind them that, you know, God is the source of all riches who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Praise God. Praise God. God gives us richly all things to enjoy. Praise God. God is not a sadist. He wants us to enjoy. He wants us to experience abundance of life. Praise God. Hallelujah. And he gives us richly all things. There are a lot of things that money can buy, but there are a lot of things that money cannot buy. And God bestows upon us all things richly so that we can enjoy. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's how we enjoy is always the question. Praise God. In our enjoyment, what are the things that we enjoy in? that we take joy in, that we take pleasure in. There should be a demarcation line in what we think as pleasure, what is approved of God and what is not approved of God. So as much as we experience goodness, abundance in every realms of our life, what should be our attitude? What should be our mindset is very important. That's what Paul says. What is he saying? That we ought to become what? Godliness with contentment. Be content. Turn your neighbor and tell your neighbor, be content. Be content. Does that mean you become so passive that take the wind off your sail, that there is no more passion in you, 
passion to pursue excellence, passion to pursue greater things in life, passion to pursue higher realms in life. No, that's not what word says. Wherever we are, we ought to be what? Content with what God has done and what God has bestowed upon our lives. Because the Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Godliness with contentment is great gain. That's what the Bible says. Praise God. Are you content? Praise God. Are you content? People think having a lot of gadgets and gizmos and money can make them content. The Bible teaches us that wealth or money cannot simply make us content. Praise the Lord. What is contentment? In a world where there are lots of discontent people, let's see whether we are content or discontent. Chuck Swindoll in his book, Simple Faith. He cites a poem, and I'm going to read it out. And I want you to listen to this carefully and ask yourself whether this relates to you in any manner. And I'm reading it out. It was spring, but it was summer I wanted. The warm days and the great outdoors. It was summer... But it was fall I wanted, the colorful leaves and the cool, dry air. It was fall, but it was winter I wanted, the beautiful snow and the joy of the holiday season. It was winter, but it was spring I wanted, the warm and the blossoming of nature. Ring a bell? When it is cold, we yearn for the warmer days. When it is warm, we yearn for the colder days. When it is hot, we complain and we say things should have been cold. Isn't that true? I was 20. I was a child. But it was adulthood I wanted, the freedom and the respect. I was 20, but it was 30 I wanted to be mature and sophisticated. I was middle-aged, but I was 20, but it was 20 I wanted, the youth and the free spirit. I was retired, but it was middle-aged I wanted, the presence of mind without limitations. My life was over but I never got what I wanted. I don't think that any one of us want to be there. So what do we have to do? 
God wants us to be content. Praise. Content. Be joyful. Be happy in every season. Praise the Lord. The other day, I corresponded with, with my school friends. And one of my friends went up into a mountain. And I wrote to my friend saying, you go to such and such place, you will see snow-capped mountains. This is a place in the world where there is no snow. And another friend wrote saying, well, here we have to spend a lot of money to go and see and touch snow. Perhaps you guys don't have to. You know what I did? I went to the, the clippings from CNN. There was a snowstorm that was brewing in Buffalo. I took, a, I took those sites and I sent the pictures to them. I say, here, we are enjoying the snowstorm. See, people are always discontent with what they have. Always. Always looking at the other side and think that someone else got it made and they are deprived of it. We cannot enjoy what we have. We ought to be people who are content with what God has given. Does not mean that we pursue or stop pursuing for excellence in life. But stop, pause, and enjoy, and be grateful, and be thankful to God for what you are experiencing today, now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Paul writing to the Philippians puts it like this. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Praise God. Being content in every circumstances of our lives. Because there is highs and lows in life. Life consists of different seasons. Seasons of abundance, seasons of scarcity. Seasons of overabundance, but seasons of wants and needs. Seasons where we face challenges in life. Season when there is smooth sailing. Seasons when we put our life on cruise control and is cruising in life. Praise God. But then there are seasons of breakdowns in life. In every season, God's people should learn to trust in God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Remember, there's a song like this. He's not only the God of the mountains, he's also the God of the valleys. Praise the Lord. If he gives you the grace and the strength to climb the mountain and hit the summit, praise God. If you have a valley experiences in your life, he does not abandon you. In fact, the Bible says he is with us. Praise God. So being content, 
not in the external circumstances of life, but being content with the fact knowing that your trust and our confidence is in Jesus, who is faithful in any and every seasons of our life. Praise the Lord. When the bank balance is big, you're still content. When you're hitting the empty mark, you're still content because you trust him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Paul writing to the Philippians says like this. At times in my life I had plenty. At other times I've been in need. At times I've been well fed. At times I've been hungry. But whatever the situation, I am content. And then he gives the secret for his contentment. Do you know what is the secret of his contentment? He says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Praise God. So regardless of what season you are in today, now, praise God. Our anchor is in Christ who enables us to do all things. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Regardless of what the season is, learning to be content. Praise God. Internal sufficiency that keeps us at peace when there is an external turmoil that is brewing against our lives. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness. In every season, being godly. Praise God. Hallelujah. Not just simply God-like, meaning not simply liking God. Praise God. But Becoming godlike in every season of our life, meaning leaning on Him, trusting in Him, trusting in His Word, and emulating His nature and character in every season of our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. You and I follow a role model, Jesus, who went through every roller coaster experiences of life without bickering, without grumbling, without complaining. Hallelujah. Foxes have hole, birds of the nest have birds of the air have a nest, but the son of man has no place to lay down his head. Praise God. None of us have come to that extreme, right? Praise God. But thanks be unto our God who daily leadeth us in triumph and procession. Praise God. Regardless of where you are, remember we are in what? Triumph and procession. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, there seems to be a trend in every culture to give more importance to the temporal things of life rather than the eternal things of life. 
Why? Because the temporal things of life are much more glittering. They are much more alluring. They are much more, they are tangible in nature. And the eternal things of life, most of the time they are intangible. They are invisible. It takes faith lens for us to see it. So the world gives more prominence and importance to the temporal things of the world. That to the extent that people are encouraged to sacrifice the eternal on the altar of temporal things. Praise God. But God's people in God's word are encouraged to give more premium to what? The eternal things. Understand the value of eternal things. Give more prominence to that and direct our lives and build our lives based on that meaning in every season. Be content and put your trust in God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Paul writing to Timothy in verse 9 and 10. He puts it like this. Listen. 7 and 8 first. We brought nothing into the world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. If you have food and clothing, meaning food and covering, that is the least. Even in that state, we ought to be. Even in that state, we ought to be. How much more we have. None of us have shortage of food and shortage of covering over us. Whether it's be covering on our backs or the covering over us. Praise God. We ought to be content. Praise the Lord. We did not bring anything into the world. And we are not going to take anything out of the world. Praise the Lord. Isn't that true? Yes. It is true. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, we ought to be aware of the blessing. Of all the bless, all the goodies that we have. And we also ought to be aware of the nature of those goodies. We ought to appreciate all the blessings, the wealth, the health, the finance, everything God has given us. We ought to be appreciative of it and have a spirit of gratitude. At the same time, we ought to beware of what? The fleeing nature of everything that this world has. It is temporal in nature. I want to dwell for a moment on the blessing aspect because we all like it. I also like it. The more we have, the more we can use. Say it. The more we have, the more we can use. Whatever more you have. Praise the Lord. If it's wealth, if it's money, whatever it is. The more we have, the more we could use. Praise the Lord. The more you have, the more you can give. Amen. 
I was expecting a big applause. The more we have, the more we can give. The more you have, the more you can invest. The more we have, the more we can invest. The question is, where is it that we are investing? We ought to be people who invest in the right place. Jesus said, make sure you invest where thieves, moth, and rust does not attack. But invest where? Invest in bitcoins. How many of you guys invested in bitcoins? Somebody talked me to, talked me to, about it to invest. I pondered about it for some time. Thank God I did not. <laughs> That's when procrastinating is a good quality. Okay, but God wants us to become people who invest. Invest what? In eternity. In heaven. In people. Wow. I want the church to take it as a challenge. Invest. I'm not, I'm not saying don't invest in, 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 in anything here. Do it. But don't forget to invest in future. Listen. The commandment to the rich is given. If you read it carefully, and that's the title I gave for today's message, rich here and there. Praise God. You know what the commandment is given? When you read 17 to 19, it talks about people who are rich here in this present age. And I believe that all of us fall in that category. It's saying, guys, invest in the future. Invest so that you will also will have what? You will have a better standing there. We are saved by grace. Our rewards are based on what we do here for the kingdom of God. So use your power, use your position, use your clout, use your influence, use your wealth, use your finance to invest in the future. What? The future world, eternity. Invest in people. Look for people who are disadvantaged. Look for people who are underprivileged. Adopt them. Pour into them. Change their status. Praise God. When you do that, you're investing into the future, into the kingdom of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. The more you have, the more you could invest. Praise the Lord. Now it gets better. The more you have, the more you want. Is that true? The more you have, the more you want. It's like salt water. How many of you guys have drank salt water? Anybody? Drank salt water? 
if you drink salt water, it will never quench your thirst. It will just make you more and more and more thirsty. You eat something salty, it's going to make you more and more thirsty. Likewise, the more you have, the more you praise God. And the church said, Amen. The more you have, the more spending power you have. Praise God. The more you have, the more spending power you have. Praise God. The more you have, the more you worry. Hello. Yeah. The more you have, the more you worry. Praise God. You have the alarm system, ADT, Slowman's, Blink. My wife was complaining I have cameras all over the place now. Why? I sit in India and I'm looking at my home. I watch what's going on. One day my wife and my son were sitting outside. And I was just feeling homesick. And I just opened up my Ring app and I saw my wife and my son sitting there. I started talking to them and they were like shocked. They just looked back and they realized that I was talking through, the, through, the, through Ring. Look at us. The more we have, the more we worry. Isn't that part of being worried? Well, I justify by saying that, you know, it just makes things secure. The more you have, now it gets better, okay? The more you have, the more you lose. Hello? Is that true? The nail on the coffin, the last one. The more you have, the more you would leave. Is that true? Regardless of how much we have, how little we have, we're going to leave all of it. We ain't going to take a dime or a penny. Praise God. Listen, guys. Listen, folks. So when it is in our power... To invest right, to pour where it really matters, you should do it now. The other day I was talking to a man of God. And I told him something. I said, make sure when you leave this earth, you don't create a trap for your posterity. For your descendants. He just looked at me and says, what are you talking about? I said, when you have wealth with you that truly doesn't belong to you. And you pass it down to your next generation. You prepare, you set a trap for them. Because when we know it doesn't belong to us, we are careful how we handle. But when you pass it on to the next generation, they just take it and they just indulge with it. Not knowing that it is accountable in heaven. Praise God. How do we use our wealth is very important. This is how Bishop J.C. Ryle puts it. 
and I'm going to read it out. Money in truth is one of the most unsatisfying possessions. It takes away some cares, no doubt, but it brings with it quite as many cares as it takes away. There is trouble in getting off it. There is anxiety in keeping off it. There are temptation to the using of it. There is guilt in the abuse of it. There is sorrow in the losing of it. There is perplexity in the disposing of it. Two-thirds two of all strides, quarrels, and lawsuits in the world arise from one simple cause, money and coat. How do we use our wealth? Folks, first of all, it's very important that we have a right perspective. When do we have a right perspective? When we have and we, and we do acknowledge that everything that we have is from the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everything that we have is from the Lord. The Lord speaking to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy warned them up front. And you know what he told them? Beware when you, beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have begotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Praise the Lord. God is a source of all blessing. God is a source of all that we have. We should not forget. It's not just simply the money that we have. I want the church to listen to this carefully. It's not only the money that we have. When we say all, what does that mean? Are you an athlete? Your ability comes from God. Are you an artist? Your skills, your creativity, it comes from God. Are you skilled with numbers? Do you have the ability to use codings, computer codes? It comes from God. Are you a teacher? Your ability to teach comes from God. Are you mechanically inclined? You can put things on and off, take it apart and put it off and on. It comes from God. Praise God. Are you a writer? Your writing skills comes from God. Are you a preacher? Your preaching skills comes from God. Are you a musician? Your skills to play those instruments, they come from God. Are you a physician? Your skills come from God. Everything that we are, everything that we have, everything that we shall is from God. Praise God. So what do we do? We honor God with our life, with our money, with our skills, with our creativity, with our knowledge, with our time. We honor God with everything that God has given us. How do we use our wealth? 
Do we use it for God's glory? Do, you, do we use it for the expansion of the kingdom of God? Do we use it to bless others? Do you, we use it to change the destiny of people around us? How do we use it? The Bible says, honor God with your first fruits. Do you know? Quite often people honor God with their leftovers. God gave his best for us. And we ought to give our best to him, not our leftovers. Praise God. Let's give the best that we have. Best of our time, best of our money, best of ourselves. Let me conclude. Why not? Why won't you give? Number one, it's all his. He's the source. Number two, when we leave, we can't take anything with us. Nothing. 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 So isn't it wise to invest in the realms of God? Praise God. Are we content with what, is, what God has already done? Or are we discontent, always grumbling and murmuring? Do you know what was one of the sins of God's people in the Old Testament? They constantly grumbled. Do you know when they grumbled? In the heat of the wilderness, God had turned the air condition on for them. The Bible says there was a pillar of cloud above them. In the coldness at night, when the desert winds would blow, God had turned the pillar of fire for them. In the wilderness where there was no water, streams of water was following them. In wilderness where there was no food, God prepared a table for them and fed them with angel food. The Bible says that they were so insulated that the clothes that they wore did not wear out. The shoes that they wore, it did not wear out. Yet, the Bible says, even as they were chewing the meat, they grumbled. Folks, God forbid that we are people like that. Even as we experience the goodness of God, are we grumbling? If we are, if we are only focusing on the have-nots and have not appreciated what the Lord has already given us, praise God, maybe 
the have-nots will become haves when we start blessing him and giving him thanks for what he has already given us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you content? Shall we close our eyes for a moment? We ain't going to take nothing out of this world. Nothing. If you're going to leave everything behind, what's the point? Don't you think it's wise to invest in the realms of God? Because God's word says, command those who are rich in this present age to do what? To invest in eternity. What would it take? Intentional decision this afternoon. A practical step. If you're already investing, praise God. Maybe you should raise up your investments. Praise God. If you're grumbling and bickering and fussing and cussing, it's time to stop that and give thanks to God for and be content with what God has given us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we yield our life to you. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, we do acknowledge that you have blessed us abundantly, Father. As we experience the abundance in our life. Father, we are grateful to you. We say thanks to you. And we acknowledge that health and wealth and power and position and possessions and posterity, they all are from you, Lord. And we want to give you thanks and we want to use it for your glory. We pray that none of us will put our trust in the uncertain things of this world. But our trust and our confidence will only be in Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. We pray that we would become people who would invest. In where it really matters. In the kingdom of God. Thank you Father. We yield our lives to you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.